Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm a speech-language pathologist and a podcast host. This is a podcast to discuss work, life, and taking care of ourselves in a profession full of ups and downs. This is episode five. Today I'm switching gears a bit because this is a solo episode. I'm planning on doing these every five episodes or so, but I'm still new to this, so we'll see how that feels and how it goes. Usually these will be shorter episodes where I focus on a specific topic or pep talk, and today's topic, when caring for ourselves doesn't feel good. Taking care of ourselves doesn't always feel warm and fuzzy, but it is always important, and that's the topic for today. First, let's talk about the term self-care. The term self-care can be a complex one. It brings up visuals of bubble baths, manicures, massages, getting your hair done, and those things can be nice for some people, but I'm going to argue that using the term self-care in that way can be more harmful than helpful. Why? Because we all take care of ourselves in different ways. Because it paints a very narrow picture of ways that we can take care of ourselves. Those relaxing things I mentioned a moment ago, those aren't things everyone can do, and they certainly aren't things everyone likes to do. Why else is the term self-care, when used that way, problematic? Because it suggests that self-care should feel good, and that it should feel easy, when it often actually doesn't. Wait, what? Self-care that doesn't feel good? What the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about the things we do to keep ourselves going in this profession, and I'm talking about clutching a life preserver and holding on tight. Ultimately, taking care of ourselves is so much bigger than we think. It also doesn't always feel as relaxing and wonderful as we think it might, but it is necessary, just like that life preserver. We need to continue caring for ourselves in a way that we can continue to do the work we do without feeling consistent burnout. Today, I'm going to give four examples of situations where caring for ourselves feels really hard in the moment, but is essential nonetheless. Because sometimes, in order to care for ourselves, we need to do something difficult now that doesn't feel relaxing in order to open up time and flexibility and healthy relationships later. Caring for ourselves won't always feel relaxing. Sometimes it might feel like we're drawing boundaries and having direct, clear communication with others that is honestly really hard and doesn't feel awesome. So let's talk about being uncomfortable in the short term in order to take better care of ourselves in the long term. Think of it this way. Do you exercise or do you meal prep? I bet if you're like most of us, you try and talk yourself out of it every single time. I know I do. It feels inconvenient, It feels time-consuming, but ultimately when you do it, you know it's for your own good. So self-care, in my opinion, is like that. It might not feel great in the moment, but it is great in the long term. Or it might not feel great working up to it, but it will feel great when it's over and done. So you'll be glad you put on those running shoes, and you'll be glad you prepped that dinner. So here are the four work-related surprising ways to care for yourself that might not feel great in the moment, but that are essential for your SLP survival. So let's get to it. Number one, saying no or saying not right now. 
So episode three is chock full of conversations on saying no and how it can help. And I won't belabor the point here, but I do encourage you to take a listen. How does it feel to say no or say not right now to someone in the workplace? Not great. It can feel like we're being unhelpful. We might fear the reactions of others, and if we want to please people, it's hard to say no, and it's hard to say, give me a few weeks and I'll get back to you. That's not easy. In the moment, it feels bad. Even so, saying no or saying not right now is an essential way to take good care of ourselves. Not only that, it's an essential way to get our work tasks done in order of priority. Your priority. Just because someone wants something done right now doesn't mean we can accommodate that request. Only we know our workload, and we cannot stay effective, calm, and caring if we push aside the things we need to do for a task someone else wants done right now. If we do that, we will become ineffective and overwhelmed. We will become stressed and anxious. So try your best not to go there by having good boundaries. At the end of the day, When we prioritize other people's needs above our own, we will become that SLP zombie that's detached from emotion, and that's a huge warning sign of burnout. The SLP zombie is a sponge whose caring has been all squeezed up. A word on the SLP zombie. I don't want to get too far off track, but this is incredibly important. Love that SLP zombie. I love that SLP zombie. I've been her. And here and there, I feel her come out again. So I give her love and real self-care. And I'm not criticizing anyone who has been through the same. Love your inner SLP zombie because she's hurting and needs care. Pay attention to her. She's showing you that you need to slam on the brakes and figure out what's going on. Back to the topic to recap number one, say no or not right now. But what if a coworker wants it done and wants it done now? Put the task on your list and put it on your list in the order of priority. We've talked about that too in number three. So that's it for number one. Taking care of ourselves can feel not so good in the moment, but it hurts so good. By doing this, we open up our schedule for things that are important for us and we preserve our time, compassion, and energy. We might disappoint someone, Someone might feel frustrated with us, but I'm here to say that's okay. It must be okay. You need to do what you need to do to remain in this profession if this is a job you want to keep doing. Give yourself full permission to take care of yourself so that you can do so. And part of that is having clear priorities and sticking to them. So now on to the second way of taking care of yourself that can feel terrible and scary, but can be so good for us. Number two, practicing compassionate, but unabashed honesty. Honesty with a capital H. Heck, make all the letters capital. I'll give you an example. I once had a principal call me in and start the discussion by saying that our communication with each other hadn't been good. Honestly, I felt hurt because I do strive to keep in touch with team members and have good communication. But of course, when things get really slammed, that can fall by the wayside. In this conversation, I let her talk and it really seemed like we had dealt quite well with some very difficult situations and we'd done it together. 
So after we problem solved those situations and talked through where we were at, I brought up that first comment again. So I said, let's circle back to what you said at the start of the meeting. I do want to have good communication with you. So if there's something I need to be doing differently, I need to know what that is. So from listening to these situations, it sounds like we both did our absolute best and we did keep in touch the entire time and that it was just going to be a difficult situation any way you slice it. But are there unresolved communication issues you want to talk about and is there something you would have liked to see differently in this communication situation? Basically, I was asking for more examples. She had criticized my communication and I wanted to know more. And you know what happened? She agreed with me. She agreed that it was just a difficult situation and she'd been feeling frustrated and like if we'd met sooner, we would have been able to solve those problems. But ultimately, I we both realized that those problems were too big for us to solve in a meeting and that we needed to loop other people in. So she gave me the feedback at that point. She agreed our communication was good and there wasn't anything that she would have had me do differently. Here's the thing. What would have happened if I would have said nothing? I would have worried that she thought I wasn't a good communicator or I would have worried that she thought we had communication problems. So honestly, I would have been sensitive about communicating with her moving forward Uh, thinking that she was unhappy, but it turned out that that wasn't the case. So leaning into conflict or even perceived conflict isn't easy, but not staying silent when you think you can probably figure things out is the best way to preserve your time, energy, and emotion as an SLP. Again, it actually feels pretty terrible in the moment, but it's an essential skill to care for yourself in this profession. And this compassionate but direct honesty is for sure awkward and hard, especially at first, but it's necessary. And the third way of caring for ourselves that can feel really hard, but is really important. Number three, walking away from a job that is no longer serving you. I remember the first time I quit an SLP job. My husband drove me the two miles, or maybe it was only one mile home, on my last day because I was crying so hard that I literally could not see the road. I loved most of my coworkers. I was so attached to the children I worked with, and I didn't want to leave them. And I worked so hard to start a program that would be good for them. And that loss of control of not knowing what kind of SLP or what kind of program they would have next was scary. But I knew without a doubt, okay, there were lots of doubts, but I knew that I needed to quit. People who like their jobs don't fantasize about quitting or working in other settings on a regular basis. I also clearly remember that feeling of dread whenever I would walk into work. I was giving up a good health insurance plan and retirement plan to work in a new setting. I was walking into a new job in an unknown setting, and it was terrifying. Oh man, when I think back to that time, I remember that it was really, really hard to do. Heart-wrenching, really. But at the time, in order to care for myself, I needed to quit a job that was no longer serving me. 
Telling people that I was leaving was hard. Writing my letter of resignation was hard, but it was even harder to attach it to that email and hit send. And it was hard to leave other SLPs I really cared about and to tell them the news. And really, there was nothing easy about that time. And you know what? I've never looked back. Switching settings was, for me, the best professional decision I had ever made. I'm happier, calmer, and more comfortable in my career right now than I've ever been. So again, taking care of myself meant preserving myself so I could sustain working in this career over time. So hard in the short term, and so awesome in the long term. I also want to add an aside here that I think is really important. No amount of self-care in the world will save you from a bad job. I'll say it again. No amount of self-care in the world will save you from a bad job. No amount of dinner prepping, no amount of therapy, no amount of doing yoga or meditating. If you are miserable, and if you know that you need to get out, take steps towards doing it. Take care of yourself. And on to the fourth and final way to take good care of yourself that feels really, really hard. Number four, quitting a project or quitting in general. In our society, we act like quitting equals failure. But I'd argue that quitting can be a measure of success. When we find ourselves in long-term projects that are sucking our time and energy. Maybe there are things we agreed to a long time ago, but they've morphed into time sucks and energy sucks that we just can't sustain. It might be time to quit. This could be a committee or an extracurricular activity you have. It could be a weekly meeting or group. It could be a project or a volunteer opportunity. You agreeing to something a long time ago doesn't mean you should be miserable in the long term while that project resolves. If there's an end in sight and you can get to it, great. Maybe it's time to finish up and learn your lesson. But if you need to stop, if you are physically, emotionally, energetically exhausted, you might need to quit sooner. Caring for ourselves can mean quitting. It's really hard to do. It's hard to let people down. It's hard to not keep our words. But I'd argue that projects tend to morph into way more than we agreed to in the beginning. Or even life happens and our circumstances change and mean that we can no longer do the work we agreed to a long time ago. So saying no in the first place is ideal. Second place, if you can see the end in sight and get to it, more power to you. Just don't make that same mistake again. But there will be times you need to choose the third and final option and straight out quit. It will hurt. But if it's a project that's draining you, you also have a lot to gain by quitting. Think about what you will get at the end of you saying, I quit. You might get more freedom, you might get more time, and you might get more relief. So there you have it, four ways that self-care can hurt so good. So to recap, the four ways to care for yourself that don't feel like self-care are, number one, say no or not right now. Number two, compassionate and unabashed honesty. Number three, walking away from a job that is no longer serving you. Number four, 
quitting a project, or quitting in general. I hope you find these tips helpful. I really did have my SLP life when I was new to being an SLP in mind when I created these, and I wish that I'd heard them when I was first starting out. I hope they help you too, wherever you are in your career journey. And that's all I have for the fifth episode of SLP Happy Hour and our first solo episode. Thank you for listening. I've really enjoyed exploring these ideas. I hope you find this episode helpful and actionable. I'm so thankful to you for listening. I really hope this encourages you to do some hard things and to do them now. I want you to listen to this podcast, but even more so, I want you to take action. If there's something you need to do to break through in order to be the well-functioning SLP you want to be, you can do it. Also, because things are so busy in this profession and we don't give SLP pep talks enough, I wanted to let you know you are doing a great job. The clients you work with are lucky to have you. You're doing your best. You are enough. The work you do matters. You matter. You already know what you need to know to be an awesome SLP, and you already are a caring, awesome SLP. Next week, Sari and I will be back as a team for the sixth SLP Happy Hour episode. We'll talk about a big happiness strain for many of us, which is email, and how to conquer your inbox. We hope to bring some positivity and calm to your work email, and we'll let you know what we've been trying to improve our own email game in hopes that it helps you too. As usual, if you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a rating and review, especially in iTunes. If you know someone who can benefit from this show, share it with them. And if they don't know how to subscribe to a podcast, show them how. And you can now text podcasts to other people. So if you know an SLP who needs to hear today's message about when self-care doesn't feel good, please text them this episode so they can listen in. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate your time and interest in this podcast, and it really wouldn't be the same without you. Until next time.